podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another special bonus edition of the Forza Napoli Calcio podcast. This is a podcast devoted to Napoli, of course, but you don't have to be a Napoli fan to enjoy it. If you're a Serie A fan, if you're a football fan, looking for the inside scoop on all things Napoli, this is the place to be. I'm your host, Joe Fischetti. Thank you, as always, for listening. We've got another great guest for you today. He's one of the hosts of the excellent Red Card Report podcast, and he's a huge Milanista. I'm talking about Rui Pereira. Rui, welcome to Forza Napoli. Thank you, Joe, for having me on, man. Uh, I love your show, even though not being a Napoli fan, but I always stay tuned and uh, get all my uh, Napoli inside scoop from you. And also, I get to learn a lot of history, too, so I always enjoy that part of your show, but... Thank you again for having me on. I'm really looking forward to uh, discussing this uh, gr- this great weekend's matchup. Yeah, glad you enjoyed it. Unfortunately, with all the games, we haven't really been able to do any classic matches or features, but we'll bring them back in the offseason if there is one. So let's get into it. Milan have been red hot since Serie A resumed. They have four wins and a draw, which is second only to Atalanta during that stretch. And their last two wins have been against the top two clubs in the league in Lazio and Juventus. They're scoring like crazy all of a sudden. In Milan's first 26 games this season, they scored a total of 28 goals. And in the last five games, they've scored 15. So why do you think Milan are playing so well after the break? Well, there's a, there's a few factors to that. First, I'm going to start off with the, with the presence of Ibrahimovic. You know, ever since he's arrived, uh, he's really set the tone. And he expects the best from absolutely everyone. He doesn't tolerate mistakes or any lapses or, or, or anything like that. Uh, Pioli stated last week, right after the, the Roma game, that the players are afraid of him. They're afraid of making mistakes. So that puts all these players on their toes at, in training to make sure that, that they do the best that they can and that they create these habits of not making mistakes um, around him and on the pitch. Um, and, you know, Ibrahimovic has like a great mentality. He's a winner. He's a killer and he wants the absolute best. He wants to win. And he said this week, Milan are a club that should be competing for the Scudetto and the Champions League, not for fifth place and the Europa League. So uh, that that's a huge, huge uh, factor as to why we're playing well. And we can see that the team is maturing because of his leadership. And another factor is Pioli. The formation change that he has implemented, it started right before the pandemic, but right now it's really... It's really blossoming and it's doing great things for the club. Uh, he's getting the best out of everyone in their roles. We're seeing it from the bench and also from the players that start on the on the pitch. We look at Benacer and Kessier, that duo. They compensate one another. They're, you know, they, they cover for each other's flaws. You know, in the beginning of the season, Benacer seemed to be committing more undisciplined fouls and getting a lot of cards. Now that's not the case. Kessier has been so productive on both sides of the pitch, defense and on the attack. And Hakan, he's really established himself finally after so many years at Milan and being just average. He's been finding his groove and he's been playing very well. And on top of that, too, we have a very productive and deep bench in this formation. We now have Salamakers. 
and and Paqueta, who have been excellent coming off the bench. They set the tone against Roma and Spal. Jack can come in and play almost anywhere in that midfield five. Rebic and Leão, they're versatile enough to be playing on the wings if Ibrahimovic is the number one striker. So it's all good things from this formation that Pioli has implemented. And just the tactics around all of it has... He's really found a way to get the absolute best out of all the players, really work their strengths and mitigate their weaknesses. And lastly, it's capitalizing on opportunities. We're finally finding the back of the net and players like Rivic, Leon, Hakan, Ibra, they're all finding the back of the net. They're capitalizing on their opportunities. And we didn't have that in the beginning of the year. There were times in the beginning of the season, even with Piatek, he had a lot of opportunities to score goals and make a difference and, and pull in results, but we weren't doing that. Right now, we're doing that, and that's the reason why we're we're able to score more goals and get more points. Yeah, you made a lot of good points there. You named a couple of players that I picked out during my preview. I think Frank Kessie has been really good. I think Chalanoglu's been really good. Teo Hernandez is always really good, even if he is a bit of a liability as a left back. You also made a good point about capitalizing on opportunities. You saw that both in the Lazio and the Juve matches. Against Lazio, I was actually surprised when I went and looked back at the possession stats. Because when I was watching the match, it felt like Lazio had a lot more possession. But in the end, it was something like 51% to 49%, I think, for actually for Milan. But I definitely like that Milan capitalized when their opportunities presented themselves. And I find that they're moving the ball really, really nicely lately. They're stringing together a lot of passes the way they're moving off the ball is opening up space and shooting lanes. On Ibra, 100%, he brings that that winning mentality. Although I do sometimes think he pushes it a little bit too far, like the comments he made that I don't think not, uh, Milan would have necessarily won the Scudetto if he was the all season one. <laughs> I think that's just him being Ibra. You know, he's very he's a confident guy, and I, it doesn't surprise me that we'd say that. Absolutely. But one of the comments he also made, which was or sort of alluded to in in that post-match interview, was that he might not be around next season. Yeah, I I mean, it's it's a tough situation right now at Milan, and there is no set plan for the future. And Ibrahimovic is on the fence for that. And at his age, I'm sure he wants to play at a club where maybe he can be in the Champions League or at a club that has a clear plan that could fit him in it. There's been talks with Ralph Ragnick just wanting young players and also Gazidis wants to minimize the salary budget. So there's so many factors that could play a role into him leaving Milan next year. and Maybe it's not the club for him. So that's actually a great segue to my next question. This week, the Ralph Ragnick rumors resurfaced, which I thought was just horrible timing. The club is doing really well. They don't need the distraction of the -the off-the-field drama. That being said, you've talked on your podcast about wanting Ragnick to come to Milan. And knowing that you also cover the Bundesliga, I'm really curious to know why you think he could be the right person for Milan. Yeah, so Milan know the situation that they're in right now with the FFP on their backs and everything. And they know that they need a plan where they can control their finances and combat FFP accordingly and also maintain their level of competitiveness. It's about time for Milan to finally at least finish in the top four so they can bring in more revenue. And 
I believe that Ralph Ragnick is that guy for this project. And I know this is just another project that Meal and ECR have to put up with and have to endure. But I think this is probably the best one that they can get because over the years, Ralph Ragnick in the Bundesliga has proven to be one of the best developers in the world where at Hoffenheim, he was able to bring Hoffenheim from the fourth division all the way up to the Bundesliga in a matter of five years. And he did the same thing at Leipzig back in 2012 when he took over uh, the Red Bull uh, organization. And, you know, throughout all these years, he's he's developed so many young players, gotten the best out of out of so many of them where. Players like Nabi Keita and Sadio Mane, for example, and now Timo Werner, they're all being shipped out to the EPL and or have been shipped out to the EPL for such an astronomical fee. And this is something that Milan needs. Ralph Ragnick knows where to find all these young players. He knows very well what he wants. And if he's able to bring that to Milan and and Milan are able to bring in these young players and sell a couple of them when they flourish, but they're also able to maintain other players to keep the level of talent on the club at the same time. That is something that could be so, so essential for Milan to to grow on the competitive level, but also to grow on their financial level as well. You know, you mentioned the word project. I think that term is used a bit loosely these days. I think they really do need a project where they have the same senior staff in for multiple years, because the reality is you can't just hire a new coach and hire a new director and expect that to fix everything overnight. You still have the same players for the most part. So I think they really do need that new project. With Rangnick, do you think it's a foregone conclusion that Stefano Pioli will lose his job? Because especially with the recent success, I think there's been some chatter about Pioli staying as manager, at least people wanting him to stay as manager. Do you think he deserves a renewal or is he just a really good stopgap? I feel that if this happened a few years in the past, Milan would have invested in Pioli to to stay for the long run because he's done such a good job. I think he really does deserve the renewal. But I think with Ralph Ragnick, what he's been able to do, he just has the upper hand for sure. And Ralph Ragnick knows the system. He knows he knows a system that works and he knows how to build small teams into big teams, competitive teams, teams that get into the UCL. Stefano Pioli doesn't really have that track record, and we've seen where Pioli has done well throughout his career. He ends up going stale and dying out, and then it becomes a disappointment. And as much as I love Pioli, I don't think he would be the right coach for Milan for the long run. And when we look at Ralph Ragnick, too, like the things that he really focuses on, like he's a, he is a very, very smart dude. He goes very deep into the science of every individual footballer in his club in terms of dieting, personal training, blood work, taking urine samples, absolutely everything. He goes down to the nitty gritty of each player. Each player has a different routine depending on position and role. Each player has a different uh, personal training, diets, everything that it takes to get the absolute best physical advantage for all these players. He has done it. And this is something that goes overlooked a lot. Not a lot of clubs do what Ralph Ragnick does. And he he's mentioned before that dieting is such a huge, 
huge factor and contributor to to getting the best physical abilities of these players on the pitch. And also, it keeps them durable as well. When we look at last year, after 56 games, 56 competitive games for RB Leipzig, not one single player was on the injury report list. So it's everything that he everything that he implements on the physical aspect, but also also on the tactics. He does he does such a great job. Development, everything, everything that a good club or a big club like Milan need to get back onto the top. And I know that a lot of Milanisti have been worried about being the new Moneyball club, like an FC Porto, where they just develop farm players and they slum off to big clubs. But I think this is different for AC Milan. I think AC Milan know that. Their goal is to get back into the Champions League. And I think if, if Ralph Ragnick has the funds and also the, the resources to get even better players and invest more in players alongside with the young players that they are getting, I think Milan can, can really grow into a top team, a team that Ralph Ragnick has never never been able to build before. And I think this is part of the reason why he's he's interested in taking this job. Yeah, I think the people that are worried about the the money ball concept. I think they're assuming probably incorrectly that Ragnick would be coming into Milan to do the same thing that he did for Leipzig and yeah. where the goal is to have a young squad to to bring young talent in and then sell them off for profits. But I think if he has the right goal and in the case of Milan it's to make it to Champions League and to compete for the Scudetto I don't see why he couldn't deliver on that. It would just, he seems like such a smart person that he would come up with the right strategy to deliver on those goals, not to deliver on Leipzig's goals. I totally, I totally agree. I think he can really, I think that part of the reason why he's considering this job is he probably wants to do something different. And I think with, with a little bit of what he brings from, Leipzig and what he's been able to do at Hoffenheim he's going to bring it to Milan but he also wants to have the uh, that opportunity to also bring in bigger names to you know mix into that rotation and actually build a top-notch European team yeah and you know even though I'm a Napoli fan I'm also a Serie A fan and I want to see our clubs do well particularly in Europe so I certainly am hoping that he joins Milan and that they do get back in there where they belong because of the tradition and the history of this club. I'm going to pivot a little bit and and look more towards Napoli. And and one of the links between Milan and Napoli before we get to the match is Gennaro Gattuso. So last season, Gattuso led Milan to a fifth-place finish. They were only one point back of Inter who had to win on the final match day of the season to get their Champions League qualification with Gattuso's success at Napoli, a lot of Milanisti are kicking themselves for letting Gattuso go. How did you feel about his departure from the club? It was tough. I didn't know what side to really pull towards. I loved Gattuso at our club, but given the way that we were playing last season, I know that Gattuso really really had a huge factor in us finishing in fifth and almost qualifying for the Champions League. But I felt that we needed a coach that is a little bit more tactically knowledgeable, um, that understands tactics and and, and approach to the game, even, I guess, kind of like Pioli does today. And I believe that Marco Giampaolo was the right guy because he did so well at Sampdoria. But then again, that is Sampdoria and 
and we are AC Milan and it ended up backfiring. And I, I was sold on Marco Giampaolo because everyone was touting on how he was a tactical genius. He understands the game. There's so many top notch guys that talk so highly about Marco Giampaolo. But you know, I, I was I was bought on it and I wanted I wanted that change because I believe that was the the thing that that really hurt Milan was just not having that coach that had experience and as much knowledge in the tactics. But it, it ended up being the other way around. What this club needed in the beginning was Gattuso, that guy that can motivate players and make them fight for the jersey, make them fight for the club, make them fight for every challenge. We saw that this team was very deflated. They looked defeated going into matches. They were they were afraid, and we, we lacked that coach that could push them around. We lacked an Ibrahimovic, and I believe that's what Reno brought last year, Reno Gattuso brought to the club last year, and I feel that's why we looked really good at times but this year it was it was a huge loss and I believe that that's the reason why Milan are just so far behind they didn't have Gattuso so it hurts to see how he left and how things turned out at Milan but I'm I'm really happy to see that that he got the opportunity at a big club in Italy and a big club in Europe and he's doing great things at Napoli so um in the end we we deserve what what has happened and and Napoli definitely deserve uh, Gattuso, and Gattuso deserves everything that's been happening for him. I think he's going to be a fantastic coach with time. Yeah, you know, I'm with you on Giampaolo. I'm not ashamed to admit that I thought that was the right decision at the time. It seemed to make sense. You know, mm-hmm. it's easy. Hindsight is 2020. It's easy to look back now and say, oof, what a mistake that was. But I totally thought he was the right guy for the job. On Gattuso, it's funny because when you were describing Milan squad I guess at the beginning of last season it sounded awfully like you were describing Napoli squad when Gattuso joined them the team was Mm -hmm. in complete shambles and I agree with you that tactically he's not quite there yet he's still working on that but that's not what the club needed at the time it wasn't so much about tactics it wasn't even about player talent because there's plenty of talent on, on Napoli's squad but they needed someone that could give these guys a kick in the ass because they were doing their own thing. They lost respect for Ancelotti, and that's exactly what he came in. He commands respect, and now the results are coming. So that leads me to a huge match this weekend, which is Napoli against Milan. This was a huge rivalry in the late 80s and early 90s. Both of these clubs, like I mentioned, are are playing really well right now. I'm curious to know, what are your thoughts on this match? Ooh, this is a tough one. I, I think this is going to be a better match than the last two uh, Milan games in terms of competitiveness. I, I do hope Milan go in and and really run up the score if they're, if, if they're able to. But I think this one's going to be a good one. I, I, I think there's a lot... I think there's a lot in this match. I think these are two teams that I believe right now could be competing in the top four, at least if they got their act together sooner in the year. I think these are two really good teams. And I think there's a lot to prove here. I think this is, I guess you could say this is like the battle for, as, as much as I hate to say this, like for fifth place. I think between these two were, would be definitely the the fifth best team in, in, in Italy. But there's, there's things where... Both Milan and, and Napoli were really shaky in the first half of the season, and now they're playing great, and these are the two most talked teams right now in Italy outside of Atalanta because they're, they're in such high form. And also, Reno Gattuso coaching Napoli, I think it, there's just a lot of tension. There's a lot of, a lot of things um, that are quite meaningful for both sides, so it, it's going to be an interesting one. If I had to really make a prediction, I think it's going to be 2-1 to one Milan. Yeah, it's... 
it's a hard one because my initial thoughts on this was that Napoli doesn't have a whole lot to play for right now because they won the Coppa Italia. They're already in Europa League. So Milan have a bit more to play in that sense. And now the way Sassuolo is playing, they're suddenly a threat for, for Europa League spots. But then mm-hmm. as I thought about it more, I, I started thinking of more reasons why Gattuso is going to want to win this match. Not the least of which is that's his former club, the club he just coached at. And I know he left on mutual agreement, but that was probably like when you get fired from your job and your employer gives you the option to quit first. Yeah. And so I think he's going to go there wanting to win this match. And it's also a good test for both of these clubs. Yes, they've both played matches against top clubs. Napoli played Inter and Juve in the Coppa Italia. Milan's coming off those two big wins against Lazio and Juve. But it's a great test for both of them, uh, especially for Napoli with, you know, looking, starting to look ahead a little bit to the Champions League and Barcelona coming up. These are all good matches to prepare themselves for. I don't know. I haven't really thought about a prediction yet. I'll, I'll make one on my regular episode. But I was leaning naturally as the Napoli fan towards the Napoli in this game. Um, as, when I was looking at, at Milan's recent wins, I, I kind of slanted towards reasons. Uh, don't get me wrong. I give Milan full credit. I give Pioli full credit. But, you know, the Lazio without Immobile and Caicedo, I mean, I, that's not as big as of a loss to me as, as Juve being without uh, Dybala and Delict. But... I'm going to lean towards Napoli winning this one. So let's close on a bit of a lighter note. Let's put Ibrahimovic's comments about leaving aside. If you had to keep only one player on this squad, would it be the experience of Zlatan Ibrahimovic or the sort of raw young talent of Rafael Leao? Oh, oh man. Uh, I guess it would, it would depend on the circumstances. Uh, if... Oof, that's tough because I I love both of them and I'm a little bit biased because I'm Portuguese and Rafael Leão is is uh from Portugal and he he plays for the national team. Ooh, I think for the long run obviously it's going to have to be Rafael Leão. He's just a, a a top a top potential and uh one of Sporting's top uh youth Youth Academy scouts has has already said that the two best players that he's ever seen come out of the the academy were Cristiano Ronaldo and uh, Rafael Leão and Sporting does have the best academy in in all of Portugal and and one of the best in the world so I, I would have to go with him because I see a lot of potential in Leão um, as much as I loved Zlatan I still love Zlatan Ibrahimovic and I love what he's brought to the club this year. I, I just think he's just a little too old to hold on to for the for the long run. But um, I guess it would depend on the on the circumstance. If it was just a dire need to win this year, I, I would obviously be Zlatan Ibrahimovic. But for the long run, it has to be Rafael Leão. I think there's just so so much potential there that w- that that still has to be groomed and blossomed. And and when he does, or if if or when he does reach that his ceiling, I think he's going to be an incredible player. Awesome. Well, Rui, I can't thank you enough for coming on the pod. Before I let you go, please tell our listeners where they can find you and your work. You can uh, find me on Twitter at RuiZingu92, and you can follow our podcast, The Red Card Report, at RCR underscore podcast on Twitter. So thanks again to Rui Pereira for joining us. That's going to do it for this bonus episode. Thank you so much for listening. We'll talk to you again after this match, but until then, Forza Napoli sempre!